Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Mind is the Matter podcast, where we will be expanding our minds to its fullest potential, bringing it to its peace, and healing and loving ourselves along our journey. I am your host, Alyssa, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mind is the Matter podcast. I'm Alyssa, and you're still here (laughs) this is part two of this is my story and I feel a lot better today I think I just released so much yesterday of just telling parts of my story on part one and you know today I'm gonna try to keep myself together you know not gonna try to cry (laughs) but you know I always say this is this is a safe space not just for my listeners but for me too and I know in my heart that it's okay to just let it out sometimes it's okay to cry you know this podcast we're gonna cry we're gonna laugh we're gonna joke and talk about different topics but always that this place is a safe space and the reason why I'm sharing my story and I'm sharing you know I'm having other guests a part of this to share their testimonies is just to truly spread that awareness and spread you know like there's somebody out there that possibly might be going through the same thing or just struggling to get out of it and if there's any way that any of the stories that are told on this podcast can help somebody you know be a light in a dark room from for someone else you know if that's my purpose and I'm definitely I'm I always say I'm always gonna do that I'm gonna do the right thing and I'm gonna try everything I possibly can even if I'm not at arm's length from you you know you're still out there listening and my words are touching you my words are being heard and that that counts for something you know (laughs) so I'm just gonna go ahead and dive deep right into this episode of part two of this is my story and I just realized that yesterday I didn't even put a quote in the last episode so you know I guess I'll have it now. I can't be going against my own little daily things that I'm trying to keep tradition for each episode. So for today's motivational quote is this. In the end, we only regret the chances we didn't take. You know, the beautiful thing of my life is I have never been scared to put myself out there. No matter how many times I've gotten hurt, no matter how many times I've been put through the ringer, been through hell and back, I've never been scared to truly put myself out there and you know I think that's an amazing thing to have within yourself and to truly embrace about yourself is that as hard as it is you know being scared and just kind of protecting yourself from the world because like I said this world sometimes it's your friend and sometimes it's your enemy but if you have the point of view of I'm manifesting good things in this life, I'm manifesting positive things in this world, then you're going to start seeing more of that. Because if you're just consumed up by darkness and negativity, the world is just going to bring you that. And you're only going to see things from that point of view. And I truly want every single person that is listening to this to understand that you don't have to look at the world like it's a dark place. I know there's a lot of bad things that go on this world there's so much injustice that happens in this world and it's heartbreaking but be that single person you know there's a billion people in this world and I know it costs nothing to be a shitty person 
but it also costs nothing to be a good person. You have no idea the impact that you can have on somebody's life just by being kind, just by having a heart that is pure and not, you know, having an agenda against somebody else and not getting back at anybody else that's done you wrong and just walk in your life with no regret, walk into a room with purpose and always remind yourself that I am here, I am in the flesh, my spirit is positive, my soul is pure, and I will always carry myself as such because I'm not, I'm not a person that's going to bring negativity to the world. There's enough negativity to go around, you know, and as much as we try to, you know, tell ourselves, damn, I'm tired of getting hurt. I'm tired of getting hurt. You know, my own story, like I said, I've been through a lot of things. I, you know, obviously my story may not be as worse as someone else's, but that doesn't mean, you know, the hurt didn't, it didn't hurt any less. You know, everybody's plate is at a different max. We all carry things differently, but every single one of our stories is important. It's valid and it should be heard. It should be spoken on. So people understand I'm not exposing myself, you know, to have somebody pity me, I'm exposing this, I'm telling my story so people can see like, this is where I've came from. This is how far I've come. And so people can see the woman that I am today. And you know, the truth behind my story is this, is that I'm not afraid to be who I am. I'm not afraid to walk into a room and take the risk, you know, talk to that person, you know, open myself up. And I know as much as it's, it is a risk, <laughs> like, you know, life is full of risks. I take pride in the fact that I'm not, I'm, I'm brave enough to embrace the unknown <laughs> because I feel like that's beautiful. That's like the beautiful part in life in, in itself, you know, like if I, if I really want something different in my life, if I don't want to keep going in circles and just replay the same thing over and over again that I have to put myself out there and I use my vulnerability as my superpower because no one else can like I expose it myself so that way no nobody else can try to use that against me like I'm aware of my vulnerable side I am aware of my emotional like my emotional side of me I'm completely and fully aware of myself and I feel like when you're at that point in time in your life, when you are aware of what what and who you are and what you can do and the person that you are when you walk into a room, I think that's amazing. And I'm, I'm not ashamed of where I came from. I'm not ashamed of both of my parents because, yes, I came out of, you know, a, a, a woman that was broken and she chose herself. She she chose strength, and she kept fighting. And eventually, I I was brought into her life. She 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 got pregnant with me. <laughs> but like either way, I look at that and I'm just I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my background. I'm grateful for the things that's happened to me. And you know, like I said in the in the last part of this episode. <clears throat> I used to, I used to, you know, spend a lot of time with my grandpa. He would just bring so much knowledge, so much advice, so much wisdom to me. And I will carry that for, carry that within me for the rest of my life. I will never regret the year that I spent, that I lived with my grandparents. Of course, you know, maybe I only had a corner in a room sharing that with my dad, but you know what? I wouldn't trade it. 
I don't regret any of it because as much as I wish maybe if thing like if I didn't have to go through that, maybe my life would have been better. But you know, my life is meant to be like this. My life is meant to be where I'm sitting right now because I know out of all of that darkness, out of all of that like I don't even know how to explain it. Um I guess like just seeing all the chaos in my life growing up and just you know, just my upbringing in itself, I wouldn't be who I am. And I I truly want people to understand that your story is your story. Your testimony is yours. And you wouldn't be who you are if, you know, if you didn't come, come from that. But also don't allow what happened in your childhood to crutch you and to be a person that you in your heart know you're not. Because my grandpa in the past, he's told me, he's like, you could have become this bitter person. You could have you could have gone in, into such a different route and you didn't. You chose to stay in school. You chose to stick it out. You chose to keep your head down, keep yourself shielded from the chaos that was around you when you were living in your aunt's house. You chose to just do the right thing. You chose that. And because of that, you are going to be an amazing, growing, intelligent woman. That is what you're, that's, that's the seed that you planted within yourself. You're doing that for you. And he always, every time I see him, he always tells me how proud he is of me. And I can't tell you how much happiness that, that brings me. Not just for my grandpa to say that to me, but you know, my mom, my dad. It does something in me and it makes me want to work harder. It makes me want to do the right thing. But just to carry on, <laughs> like with this story, um, after I moved out of my grandparents' house and I got my first apartment with my roommate who was also a high school friend of mine, things were great. We were both on the same level with each other, you know, everything was good and we obviously had the same mindset when it came to managing our money, which was amazing. Like we were so driven with school and our finances, like we were on top of our shit. But after we had our first apartment, things kind of went left, not with our friendship, but um, we were just having issues with the apartment in itself. So we just decided at first she was thinking about, you know, moving out and moving on her own. And, you know, the only reason why I initially moved out in the first place was because, you know, she was supposed to go to school in Tallahassee and she already had an apartment, but she ended up deciding that she didn't want to go. And she had, you know, her mom was moving to Alabama, so she really didn't have a place to go at the time. So that's when she asked me, hey, you know, how do you feel about getting our own apartment together? And, you know, I was already in a shitty situation at my grandparents' house. I was like, after that argument that I had with my grandma, I was kind of like ready, set and go. Like I needed to get out. And, you know, it was time for me, at least like I couldn't, I don't think I could have spent four years of college, you know, living in a corner. I mean, of course it was rent free, but you know, just living in the same room as my dad, I'm getting older, I'm becoming like becoming more of a woman. I should have my own space. And I chose my mental health. I chose myself. And I'm like, you know what? I think I, I can afford to be on my own now. So we got our first apartment. Everything was great. You know, got settled in. The apartment complex wasn't the safest. I'm not even going to lie. Like, it gave us the first impression that it was. But obviously, when you live somewhere, you start to realize the truth of an apartment. <laughs> like, um, so it wasn't the best. 
And, you know, that's when she was like, oh, you know, I think I'm going to live on my own after the lease is up. And that scared me because I'm like, well, fuck, like, I don't know anybody else that's just as intelligent and just as responsible with money the way, you know, you are like, I, I, and I sure as hell can't afford to be on my own. That scared me. So um, when I told her this, and she was mentioning an apartment that, that had townhouses, that's where it was really nice. So we went to go look at it. And then eventually we just um, put in an application. Obviously we got approved for it. So we moved that after our lease was up in the apartment. So it was great. We moved in this townhouse. It was so beautiful. I will never forget that townhouse. Like I swear to God, I'm so, I'm so upset that ugh, I don't live there anymore. But you know, I took, I broke that lease out of that townhouse for greater purpose because I truly believe that no one should be in a, in a, an environment <clears throat> that you, don't feel comfortable being in and our friendship ended up having a fallout because of the group of friends that we had and you know I'm not gonna lie I truly like the whole reason why I'm my god my voice I'm like losing my voice (coughs) I truly think you know I don't know if because I was in a friend group with her like we had mutual friends and we were just a group together And these girls, I don't know what it was. Like, I don't like I, you know, when I do something like the type of person I am, like if I'm winning, I want to see you win too. That's always been my philosophy. That was always, I will always, you'll always hear that out of my mouth. If you're my friend, you know, you know this about me. (laughs) Like my wins are your wins and I want you to eat too. So I really was trying to put these girls on, you know, telling them like, like getting them into the gym with me, you know, trying to. Like one girl, like uh, one of the friends in my group, she was kind of wanting to, you know, get her teeth straightened. So like learning about like the dentist and I told, and I put her on my dentist and I told her like, listen, he's really good. His prices are really good because, you know, she didn't have insurance and neither did I. So, you know, just trying to help a girl out, you know. And I don't know if they just saw me as a competition or they just viewed me as someone that was competing with them when in reality I wasn't. But that was just maybe that was just their mindset. And like I said, this is my this is my side of the story and I will never bash these girls. I really do hope that all of them are doing good just because we ended on bad terms doesn't mean that I need to I need to talk down about them. But overall, that was a very that group was a very toxic environment for me because I felt like I never was able to have my own opinion. Like every single time I did have an opinion with them, it would always be a problem where they would just kind of, you know, batter me down. And But everybody else in the group can have an opinion or say their piece. But if I said something different, you know, they would just kind of shoo it away in a, in a manner. So at that point when I was just feeling like, you know what, I'm tired of being the outlier. I'm just going to agree with everything. I'm just going to be like, I'm going to be a yes man. And they got mad at that too. Like it, it was so weird. Like it says, it's kind of like the, these girls were trying to control me in a way. And I didn't like that. So, you know, this was during 2020, uh, the summer of 2020. And, you know, our friend group. I don't know if they just didn't like me because I was just nice. (laughs) But they had like something against me. I don't even know what it is. And either way, uh, there was one situation that kind of really popped off the entire everything. That whole group just completely annihilated themselves from me. And they the other girls had nothing to do with it. But one of the girls in the group, you know, she had a friends with benefits and 
Mind you, she's pillow talk with this man. She's definitely done more than what a normal friends with benefits would do. You know, the normal get in, get off, get out. No, she was pillow talking with him. She told him about her past, about her abusive relationships, all of this. And, you know, she was making it clear in the group chat, you know, um, or in the group that she was telling him all of this. She made it very, very clear. I just want to say that. <laughs> but either way, I take full responsibility. Maybe it just, it wasn't my, it wasn't my place. I shouldn't have said anything to this guy when he came over. I shouldn't have, you know, did what I did because maybe that just rubbed her the wrong way. Either way, my intentions were pure. Why I said what I said was coming out of a caring place and just out of a protector, out of like the protector in me for my friend. So, you know, she's developing these feelings for him and, you know, he's at my house and he's in the back porch, he's in the back porch with me and it's just me and him. And I go and I tell him, I'm like, listen, I know you and my friend, you, I know you guys have something casual, but if it turns into anything more than that, please don't hurt her. She's, I know, you know, the stories and I know you've, you've heard what she's been through. So please just don't put her through that. She deserves something that's good. She deserves something that's not going to put her through a second of pain and hurt that she's experienced in the past. It's all I said. And this man, like not even the next day, you know, he tells her what I said, but twisted everything that I said. And my friend goes and texts me a huge long message in the group chat, might I add, cursing me out, saying, why the fuck would you talk to him? What is your problem? Da, 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 da. Now he doesn't want to talk to me anymore. You've ruined that. You should have kept your mouth shut. Why, why would, what would possess you to say those things? And I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I genuinely was just trying to show that I'm a caring friend and that I'm protective of you. And I don't want you to get hurt because you were starting to catch feelings for this guy. And obviously he's not, you know, he's not, not aware. It's not like he's oblivious to your story. You told him your story. And all I said was, you know, I told her exactly what I said. And she was like, no, nah, that's not what he told me. And, that, and right in that moment, that's how I knew it was me against four. These girls did not look at me like I was an equal. These girls looked at me as kind of like a puppet that they could control because, you know, I, in that moment of time, I didn't speak up. I wasn't, I was very much a people pleaser at that time and I didn't want to cause any confrontation and they always would nitpick every single thing that I, that I said to them. It was actually insane. Like, and this was during, this was around the Black Lives Matter thing too. And, you know, these girls, you know, one, uh, most of them, like they were black and mixed and there was times where, you know, they would ask me, they're like, you know, why don't you date black guys? And I'm just like, it's just not a preference. Like, I, I don't have anything against, you know, a black man. Like, listen, Trey Songs can get it any day. <laughs> Chris Brown, mm, you already know. Like, I, there's no, there's nothing, I don't have anything against them. You know, it's just, it's just my preference. I love me some Spanish men, you know? <laughs> they would like use that against me and be like, oh, so, you know, obviously you, you must be racist because you don't date black guys. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what is that? Like, how is that racist? Like, I've like, during all that time, like I've protested with them. I've made so many uh, activists. I was being an activist. I was supporting them. I was there for them through everything, making posters, just doing and supporting everything that I possibly could to make it known that I'm here for your support. I'm not against you. I'm with you. I'm holding your hand. And these girls just, I don't know what the hell, like they looked at me like I was just, I, I have no idea. I really couldn't even tell you. But yeah, she sends this in the group chat. None of the girls even reach out to me and ask me what's going on. Like, 
all of them just stopped talking to me altogether. They just stopped talking to me. And I'm over here reaching out to my friends, cursing me out on private message. Now, like, I'm, it's just me and her in the group in the message. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I genuinely only did, like, I'm sorry, but like, whatever he told you obviously isn't true. And you shouldn't be choosing dick over your friend. Like, just to keep it real, like, to me, she chose dick over me. <laughs> she rather believe a guy that's not even her man over a girl that's been her friend since high school. Like, what? Like, that, that shit tripped me the fuck out. Not gonna lie. Things just escalated from there, you know, she cursed me out telling me she was going to kick my ass and all this shit and, you know, my roommate is best friends with her. So, of course, she was always in the house when I, like, when I was there and that didn't make me comfortable because, obviously, all of these girls showed me that I'm the outcast, they, like, they're not talking to me, everything, they just pretty much cut me off altogether, but then they're still in my home, they're still hanging out in my living room, you know, while I'm upstairs and just, you know, it was just... I genuinely just didn't feel comfortable. And the day that I decided, you know, and even my, me and my roommate were even on the outs too. I wasn't even, me and her weren't even talking to her. At this point, we really just were roommates. And when I messaged her one day, you know, telling her, I'm like, I hope to God, like whatever happened between me and her doesn't affect our friendship. You know, she ultimately told me, she's like, oh, you know, that showed me your true colors. Mind you, she didn't even listen to my side of the story. She probably just listened to her best friend and, you know, took her took her word for it and that was it which at the end of the day everybody's entitled to believe whatever they want to believe believe what story they want to believe it's it's okay but I feel like everybody there's always two sides to a story and I feel like if you're going to make a decision to annihilate somebody else at least get get to know their side of the story first but you know in a perfect world that's how things work but you know it it is what it is at this point it's in the past can't change anything for it I still wish nothing but good things for those girls so there was one night when I was at work and I texted her and I was like, hey, um, I'm going to be home at this time. Are the are they still going to be there around the time that I'm going to be home? Because she she texted me first. She said that the girls were at the house and I'm like, OK, like she obviously knew there was like tension there. Like I, like we were not friends anymore. They obviously didn't like me and whatever. I don't know what the fuck I could have possibly done for them to not like me anymore, to not want to talk to me, whatever the case may have been. So. I tell her I get home at this time and she and I asked her, I'm like, are they still going to be there? And she's like, I don't put a time clock on when they can leave. And like, it's just out of respect for someone else's home as well. Like I, you're not the only one that lives there. Like if I wouldn't make you feel uncomfortable bringing someone else in the house that you're not cool with. I think that's just a fucking principle, like out of just decency. If I'm paying half the bills in this place, have the respect not to bring someone that don't fuck with me into the home. Because obviously that doesn't make me feel comfortable. Like y'all laughing and like being loud as fuck downstairs while I'm upstairs. Like, dude, I I can't even I can't even enjoy like the living room. I can't even go into the common areas without feeling some type of way. Like, regardless if if you guys don't care, I fucking care because that's that's messing with my peace. So, you know, I get home, like I text her, I'm like, all right, since you guys are all going to be there, I I would love to talk to each and every one of you right then and there. Lord, when I tell you I prayed before I came into my own house, I prayed. And, you know, I told them, I was like, listen, I don't mind you guys being here when I'm not here, but when I'm here, I would really I would really love and appreciate if you guys were just not here. If you would just respect my wishes, you know, you guys do not pay the bills here, me and her do. And this is half of this place is mine too. And I would would really appreciate if you guys would just respect that. I got called a bitch. I got called a racist. <laughs> I got like, it, it's insane. Like, 
how these girls just came for my neck left and right. And what truly showed their true colors to me was they really did think, look at me like I was a threat, like I was someone who was in competition with them. Because one girl, you know, like I said, during the whole Black Lives Matter thing, she threw at me was, oh, you know, you're white. First of all, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican and like Puerto Rican Italian. So half white, half Spanish, whatever. So she's like, you're white. You know, the skin, the color of your skin if you were to walk into a store, get pulled over by a cop, they wouldn't treat you different or no, they wouldn't treat you the same way they treat us. And I'm just sitting here like, what the fuck does the skin, like the color of my skin have to do with any of this? Like, why are y'all using that? Why are y'all bringing this up? And then the other girl saying like, oh, you know, you always just trying to one up everybody. Like, bro, down to my tattoo. She was like, you knew I was getting a tattoo on my shoulder. And then you go ahead and get a tattoo. Like, dude, the freaking like, it was insane to me what the fuck was spitting out of these girls' mouths because I was just sitting here like, what the actual fuck? All I said was just please remove yourselves when I'm here. That's it. I didn't come at y'all. I didn't call you outside your name. What the hell kind of accent was that? <laughs> I didn't call you outside of your name. I didn't do any of that. I respectfully just asked you to leave when I'm here. That's it. And the other girl too, she even said something along the lines of, you know, yeah, like trying to one up everybody and I'm like just because you view me as a competition doesn't mean I view you the same way it's not like that you know when you're my friend I want you to win I want everybody that is sitting on my table to win I want everybody to eat so the fact that these girls were just coming at my neck saying all of this crazy shit was it was truly throwing me left field because I'm like I genuinely was just trying to help y'all like I didn't come out of here you know, trying to be a competition, I want everybody to level up. Like, if like, even, yo, even down to my car, they were like, oh, just because you drive a new car, you know, you trying to get us to drive new cars. I'm like, what the, f-? she's like, I'm fine with driving my rent, like, like the car that she has, her used car, because she don't got payments on it. It was, it was just insane. I ain't even going to, like, that was just the least. I was like, I was so blown by this, but then my roommate goes, I don't care. This is meant, this is messing with my mental health and my peace. I don't care if we break the lease. And right then and there, I was like, you know what? Bet. <laughs> Bet. So I ended up telling her myself, I'm like, you know what? Let's go ahead and break the lease. So broke the lease, got out of that situation. I'm not going to lie. It was so much, it was so healthy for me to just do that. I moved all of my stuff out, got into a different apartment and, you know, from there, I've been in that student housing for three years up until the point where this 50-year-old man freaking, they decided to move him into the apartment. That just made me even more uncomfortable. But now I'm in a better situation, thankfully. And I'm very happy to say that the least. Um, but I just want to say like toxic friendships are a real thing. It is true. They're out there and who you surround yourself with does, it does affect, it can affect you. And I just want to make that known that these girls, I truly had nothing against them. I truly wanted to help them. I cared for them. I loved them. But, you know, just because I view someone like that doesn't mean they're going to view me like that too. And just because my heart, like I, the way I care and the way I, I go about things doesn't mean everybody else is going to go about them the same way. And hard pill to swallow, but I had to learn that. The very, the very hard way, you know, breaking a lease, getting out of an apartment, selling all of the furniture. Like, that was a bitch, man. Like, that was insane. Like, having to look at an empty house that we were both, like, me and my roommate at the time were so excited to have. And then it just turned to nothing was 
it was it was upsetting it, it really did hurt me and but i learned i learned from that i learned after that don't listen if your friend got a fucking friends with benefits keep your damn mouth shut <laughs> but either way like friendship shouldn't be like that friendships should be you know if i have a friend i should be able to come to you and just have you know acceptance feel comfortable feel safe around your presence i shouldn't have to feel as if like you know we're in competition with each other we're trying to one-up each other like that's not that's not what true friendship is friendship is meant to be you know two people multiple people love each other want to support each other and bring the best out of each other and just you know be there for them at their lowest and their highest and always be their biggest fan and i've always been like that with every single friend i've ever had you know i'm rooting for you i'm supporting you i'm going to be there for you every step of the way and i don't care how many times you may go back to your toxic acts your toxic ass ex i will be right here for you to cry on my shoulder and for me for me to remind you of your worth and of your power because that is my love language that is who i am that is who i'll always be and that will never change no matter what toxic friendships i've endured i won't change how i view friendships i won't change who i am as a friend you got me for life bitch <laughs> Oh my god, if my friends are listening to this, I love y'all. Just know I'm always here for you no matter what. No matter how deep in the dirt you may feel, I will always be here to dig you right out and show you who you are and remind you of your power. I love you guys. <laughs> so that was the friendship segment. Now let's get into the relationships, what I've been through in relationships in my life. And Lord, oh to say to say the least, my first my first relationship, I was 15. That was my first ever relationship. I guess he was my first love, but I don't even count that as love either because there was just, I mean, there was a lot of growing pains between the both of us that we were just trying to figure ourselves out as as people, as individuals. And there was a lot of things that he had to mature and there was a lot of things that I had to mature. And, you know, I think I seeked, you know, the love, I, I seeked, I tried to get love from him that I wasn't receiving from home. Because like I said, I came from a broken home. I was living in my aunt's house. So we, my family wasn't so family oriented. Like they didn't ask, they weren't, the, th this wasn't full house, y'all. <laughs> we had a big ass fucking family, but this was not full house. <laughs> you know, my family wasn't as attentive towards my feelings. They didn't really pay attention. The only one that really paid attention the most was my grandpa. But at the time I wasn't living with my grandpa. So he didn't really know what was going on. So when I got into this relationship with this guy who, you know, he was 16, I was 15. And, you know, at first everything was great. But within the first two weeks of us dating, I found out that he was cheating. And because, like I said, I, I didn't have the love within myself to truly respect myself and walk away from him and understand like, okay, I was just disrespected. You need to go. You crossed a boundary and I'm not okay with that. You disrespected me. I took him back literally the same fucking day that I found out. Oh God, if I can, if I can shake younger me, and I would, I would literally shake her and drop kick her at the same time, and also hug her because she didn't know any better. She didn't love herself the way older Alyssa loves her. So it's okay. We all we all go through mistakes. We all go through our you know our lives. It's okay to look back and be like, you know what? Now you know. You know better now. That's that's what that's what's most important. So cheated on me. Took him back. Whatever. And the cheating never stopped. But also, you know, I think he dealt with a lot of anger issues as well. And just to disclose this, on top of this, the person that I am talking about, 
I'm speaking from a view when he was younger. Who he is now as a person, like, I'm not in his life. He's not in my life. You know, he tries to kind of come back into my life now and then. Like I said, toxic exes will try and come back. You just got to be the one to put your foot down and not allow them back into your life. You can forgive someone, but that does not mean that they have to be in your life. I genuinely have forgiven him for all of the things that he's done to me, but I am not refusing. I refuse to allow him to have that power over me so that way I can't move on with someone else you don't have that power over me so anyways we're in high school we're dating all this stuff and it's just his behavior was very toxic like he would always try to control me like he hated whenever I dressed a certain way in school he would you know always bring me down every time we had an argument he was like oh this is why my ex was better than you he even cheated on me with his ex by the way um and I just kept going back kept going back kept just swallowing it and taking it and just you know because I was just so desperate for the love I was so desperate for you know I, I the all the love I had to give I truly tried to give that to him and show him like you know hey like um you don't have to hurt me you don't have to do these things to me I love you I accept you you know I care about you there was nothing that I could have done to ever change his actions. I think I, like I said, I genuinely do think he was just struggling within himself and he truly didn't love who he was as a person because, you know, if you don't love yourself, how do you expect, you know, you, someone else to love you, you know, or not? No. If you don't love yourself, how do you expect yourself to love others? You know, cause you're just a reflection. How you project your love is a, is a reflection of how you love yourself. And obviously I didn't love myself. I, I didn't. It's like, I was trying to, the love I wasn't receiving at home, I was trying to receive that from him. And I was trying to do everything that I possibly could to get that out of him, to get him to love me, to get him to show me the respect and the nurture and the care that I truly wanted out of him. But obviously I was just meeting dead end after dead end. And I want I want people to understand this, is that we all have our first love. We all have a toxic love that we had with someone that, you know, lasted years. And believe me, that that relationship lasted six years. It took six years of my life. I don't regret it. I, I don't think I'll ever sit there and say, you know, I wish I never, I never went through that. I had to go through that. I really did. You know, his hurtful words, you know, him telling me that I was worthless at one point, him saying that there's women that are better than me, him choosing other women in front of me. One story that really like that that was the end of it because I don't really need to go in depth about that relationship just to say the least it was just very toxic and it was it was painful to go through but one story or two stories actually that were the biggest hits for me in that relationship was one when I was 17 I took this is this is, <laughs> this is how far I'll go for somebody I love I didn't have a car I was 17 I took a Greyhound bus all the way to Orlando because that's where he lived at the time and we did long distance mind you for six years we did long distance took a bus to go see him graduate because I always believed in him. He wasn't the best in school. He like, it's so fucked up because he's so intelligent. He's so smart. He just never applied himself. That's like the worst fucking person in the world. Like, how do you not, you have all this intelligence and you're not applying it. Come on now. Stop being lazy. I always, you know, I tried in the beginning, I really was trying to push him to see his true potential and show him like, this is, this is what you can be. This is what you can do. And you know, took a Greyhound bus to Orlando to go see him graduate because I was so proud of him that he graduated high school. <laughs> so I'm on this bus for two hours. Mind you, I was at my peak of love for this man. Like, I, And 
dude, even before I even came, he was just being so rude to me, like, like just saying, you know, I wish, you know, why, why are you coming? You shouldn't come, da, 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 like, really telling me not to come, but part of me, I couldn't, I couldn't just let, like, I couldn't just pick myself for once and just be like, just don't go, just don't go, no, I went, and I still, I still went, and, you know, it took a two-hour trip all the way to Orlando on a bus, and, you know, when I got there, know it was okay like he didn't really seem crazy excited to see me but the biggest ick of this all is that our plan this was our plan his parents were going away to Puerto Rico for their anniversary so they weren't going to be in the house and his sister was already aware of this plan so I was going to stay longer than what his parents intended for me to stay so and that's something that he wanted me to do so I was risking the trust that I had like the trust that his mom had for me because me and his mom were so close. Like we really were like that woman looked at me like she was like I was her daughter and she would give me so much advice. She was the mother I never had, you know, no, no, no hate to my mom, you know, but she, she was just, I was running so far away from my home and I wasn't getting the love that I needed that I was, I really, I think the main reason why I truly stayed in that relationship was because of his family because how tight-knit they were, how they treated me, how welcoming they were to me and treated me as if I was a part of the family. And I I craved that. I yearned for it so much as a young child to have that within my own family that I went searching for another family. And I found that within my ex's family. And I think that's the main reason why I stayed for as long as I did because I wasn't ready to let that go. And I, I've come, I've it took me years to really get to that acceptance of understanding why I stayed for so long. Like, did I stay because I loved him or did I, did I stay because I had an attachment to his family? And that was the truth. That was, that's my truth. You know, I really, I loved his family so much. I loved him too, but it wasn't, it wasn't enough anymore. But anyways, I'm like getting off track. So I'm at his house, you know, his parents, you know, they end up going to Puerto Rico, they leave and they're given the impression that I'm going to leave the same day that they leave. Obviously, I don't. So, you know, I stay and things just went left from there. Like he ended up like I remember him telling me they were going to go out to celebrate that they like him and his group were going to celebrate that they like they just graduated. They were going to go to a club. Mind you, they were 18. I was only 17. So at the time, like there was a club that was for like, you know, you can be 18, you can get in. Um, So. He was telling me, I was like, hey, like, I mean, I can't get in. So, I mean, are you still going to go? He's like, yeah, I'm going to still go, like, obviously. And then he told me there's no room in the car. There's not enough room in the car for me. Long story short, he ended up going to a club and leaving me at his house. (laughs) I'm stuck there at this point because, one, I didn't have a car. Two, I, you know, there was nothing I can do. Like, he literally just left me. We had an argument and he still, he actually broke up with me and, then went to the club, probably cheated on me when he was there, whatever. Came back home, me being the dumb, dumbass that I am. I need to be nicer to myself because it is what it is. It's in the past. I'm better now, but, you know, ended up, we ended up making up, having sex or whatever. And then, you know, the next day, the same thing happened again. You know, her, his sister had a few friends over at the house. They were drinking. So he took it upon himself to bring his entire group that they went out to the like he went out to the club with over to the house and they all they were all drinking and then he ended up leaving with them, leaving me at the house with his sister and her friends to go to another house party at his friend's house. And dude, this shit is insane. Like I'm like thinking back on it and I'm like, wow, what the fuck? 
So me and his sister drive to his friend's house and he's completely plastered. He's on the fucking bathroom floor throwing up like throw up is everywhere. And, you know, me being the the tentative girlfriend that I was, I picked him up, put him back into the freaking car, took him home, you know, got him into bed, brought him food, fed him, gave him water, just took care of him after he did all this to me. And still, you know, after all of that, you know, his grandma ended up coming home. (laughs) Or no, she ended up coming to visit to make sure everything was okay in the house. And she sees me there. So, of course, grandma's going to call his mom. Mom's going to call me. And she's cursing, not cursing me out, but she's like, I can't believe you would do this. Like, you completely just broke my trust for you. You need to get out of my house. It broke me when she said that. Like, it really did. So, you know, when she said this, it really just tore me apart. I was like, damn, man, I don't know what the hell, like, like this woman was like, like another mom to me. And like now it's, I feel like she doesn't want anything to do with me. And in that moment I had a, I had an anxiety attack. I literally had an anxiety attack in his house. And, you know, I directly told him like, I'm, I'm, I'm having a panic attack right now. Like anxiety, panic attack, everything in one. And he just stood there and did nothing. Like he did nothing. He didn't, he didn't hold me. He like, he literally just did nothing. And then the greatest part of all of this, just to wrap the story up was him and his sister threw me under the bus to his mom saying that they had no idea that that I was staying there longer than they intended. And that that was not a part of the plan. They had no clue. They just threw me under the bus. And, you know, on my way back home, it was so hard for me like to just digest all that and you know it's fucked up and what's crazy I didn't even have like it was so soon that you know I didn't even have a way back home like I mean I had the bus I took the bus back to Tampa but I didn't have a ride back home and I spent my last amount of money on his on his graduation gift on that on that bus ticket just to go see him I wasn't working at the time like my lifeguard like my job being a lifeguard because that was my first job when I was um 16 in 17, it wasn't starting until, you know, the summer and he graduated in May and I started in June. So I really was just out of cash. I had no money. So I, I didn't walk, but I like the amount of money that I had to like afford an Uber. Like, mind you, my family, I, they didn't know any of this. Like, I was terrified to call my grandparents to like get a ride from them. I really should have, but you know, me, being hard-headed and, you know, just sticking it out, I ended up calling an Uber and using really the last, last bit of money that I had. I only made it halfway home, like halfway to, like to Wesley Chapel. So I walked all the way back home. Luggage in my hand, I walked home. You can only imagine how much time that I had. I think that was like a two-hour walk. No, not even, yeah, I think so. I think that might have been like a two-hour walk that I did because that Uber only took me halfway. I had to walk the rest of the way. So you can only imagine that two hours I was sitting there thinking to myself, never again, never again. This, this, this has to be rock bottom. This has to be like, this has to be it. Nope. It wasn't it. Three later, three years later, I'm still with this man. (laughs) I know y'all can shake me later. Don't worry. Um, (laughs) so, but that this, where I'm going with, this is the last string for me is when me and him are on a break and you know we get back together and obviously we have sex unprotected and you know a month goes by and I start noticing things that are different with my body and that really it 
I, I didn't understand. I'm like, okay, something's wrong. Like, this is not normal. Like, as a woman, I know my body. Okay. So I ended up going to my gynecologist and, you know, getting checked, making sure. And she comes back and tells me that I have chlamydia. And I wonder who I got that from. <laughs> you know, she asked me, she, like, before she told me, she was like, do you have any multiple partners? And I'm like, no, I just, I just have one partner. I haven't had sex with anybody else. And she was like, well, you might want to have a conversation with him because you're showing symptoms of chlamydia. And mind you, this was a month after i i didn't like you know at first i thought maybe it was just a uti yeast infection you know i was just trying to do the home remedies that i could to you know fix the problem before i actually fixed the problem by going to a like a doctor i know stupid ass now i know now I, it was the first time okay i was a kid i didn't know any better so um this was a month in like this was literally a month of having these symptoms and something that she told me that completely shattered my world like it really did like i it, it changed everything for me she was like if you would have waited any longer this could have this could have the the um my god the infection it could have spread and scarred your fallopian tubes and could have made you infertile boy when i tell you i saw fucking red i was ready to just i was ready to be behind bars i was ready to go to jail this motherfucker was gonna be six feet under and if if not 10 feet under after i stomp him (laughs) more deeper into the fucking ground i was so done that's when i emotionally detached myself i lost all love for this man everything that i had that was my breaking point this man almost, he almost took away my right as a woman to bear children. Oh, fuck no. I was, I was livid. I call him up and I'm like, yo, I need to have a fucking talk to you. I don't give a fuck if you're two hours away from me. You need to get your ass over here right now. He drives over here and I'm screaming and yelling at him. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, what is wrong with you? Why would you do that? Like, who the fuck did you fuck unprotected? And he tells me, he tells me that he had sex with two other girls without a condom and in my head I'm like 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 I said just to cut myself off real quick please get checked anytime you have another fucking sexual partner please for the love of God get checked okay because it is nobody should have to like I, I know STDs spread like wildfire but for the love of God if you have another sexual partner or every time you have a different sexual partner get fucking checked if you don't use a condom I cannot stress that enough because that situation, as heartbreaking as it was for me to have to hear the words and fertile, knowing in my heart that I want to be a mother one day, knowing I want to have a family, and that fucker almost took that away from me, that shit, please get checked. Because it is not okay to sit there and be throwing your dick around or throwing your vagina around and with no care and no freaking courtesy of the next person that you're in front of, the next person that you encounter or have sex with. They should not have to fucking suffer the consequences because you're fucking lazy and you're dirty and you don't want to get yourself checked. And because you want to use the excuse, oh, I don't like condoms. I don't give a fuck. STDs are not something to be played with. HIV is not something to be played with. And neither is fucking AIDS. Get it together, y'all. Get the fuck together. If you're one of those, if you're one of those people like, oh, I don't like using condoms. It's one thing if you're having one sexual partner, you both got checked and now you don't use condoms anymore. That's different. But if you're fucking different ass people and you're not wrapping it up, you're dirty as fuck and something is mentally wrong with you and or you just don't care you genuinely don't care of what risk that you're putting other people in get fucking checked all right
back to what I was saying. So I'm screaming at him. I'm yelling at him. I'm like, who the fuck did you fuck? He tells me he had sex with two girls unprotected. I'm like, how the fuck do you go at Why do you do that? Like, why would you put me in that predicament? Why wouldn't you not get checked? He was like, I didn't think about it. I really wasn't getting symptoms myself. So I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You most likely have it now. So he ended up going, getting tested. He fucking had it. And he ended up taking a shot and like they prescribed him something to, you know, like, you know, get rid of it. And like, that was a, that was the last of it for me. That really like that ended my relationship with him that I lost all love for him. I was done. I was so just over it all. And of course the cherry on the top was, I didn't know he was a drug dealer too. You know, when I found that out on top of that, that really was just, that was, I was it. That was a nail in the coffin for me. I was done. I wanted nothing to do with him ever again. He still tries to this day, you know, 2023, he still tries to message me, still tries to follow me, still tries, you know, to have some type of contact with me. Luckily, now, as of recent, he hasn't. But, you know, who knows? They always come back. They're like cockroaches. They always find their way back. And they always like, you know, like, screw like, you know, kind of squeeze through the cracks, you know, it's what toxic exes do. And regardless, again, this is my story. I have no hate towards him. I forgave him for what has happened and what he's done. And I truly hope that he is a better person now and that he is more self-aware and he treats the next woman with, with love and care that any woman deserves from a man. But Lord, that, that really fucked me up. I'm not going to lie. That made me realize that the six years that I've endured, like all of that, imagine just being in that relationship. I mean, I didn't get I didn't get physically abused. I mean, he verbally abused me. I'm not like when we got into fights, man, that man, he would call me outside of my name. He would, you know, just say a lot of hurtful things. But overall, out of that, I did not I still I still would love another man as if that situation never happened to me, as if the possibility of me not having kids anymore that never happening to me, that hurt, that pain, everything that I suffered with, trying to get a man to look to, trying to get that man to love me, to choose me for once, to stop cheating on me, to stop treating me as if I'm just an option and to look at me like I'm the best thing that he could have possibly ever had. But you know what? At the end of the day, he's punching the air right now too. He's another one that's punching the air. And, you know, I, I touched on my most recent relationship, but there, there's others like not others but there was you know the love bomb situation that I've dealt with and him y'all already know I met him through tinder <laughs> and I don't know what it was about him like he I think he did more like not more damage but I think I had more of an emotional attachment to him than I've ever had with my ex and that was from more of a like a young adult you know like perspective than you know how I was as a child and this man, he just intrigued me. Everything about him just intrigued me. And I couldn't understand why. And it's because he love-bombed me. That's why. <laughs> that man love-bombed the shit out of me. That was the first love-bomb encounter I've ever I've ever had in my entire life. Like, he was just doing, he was doing everything right. He was being consistent. You know, on our first date, we just, we hit it off. I'm not going to lie. On our first date, we did tell each other we loved, <laughs> we loved each other. <laughs> we love-bombed the shit out of each other. I ain't even going to lie. I ain't going to hold you. But, you know, he told his mom about me. He was like, mom, like, I finally met a girl. That's like, you know, he's from Tennessee. So he's a little country boy. And, um, oh, my God. <laughs> told his mom about me and just, you know, told his friends about me, told his coworkers about me, all this shit. Like, I really felt like this was it. Like, 
this is going to be a home hit run, right? No. <laughs> like I said, I was getting love bombed and I really wanted to do everything I could possible for this guy. You know, I've heard his stories. He told me about his trauma with his exes. Very, very triggering shit, might I add. Like one one of his exes tried to kill him. <laughs> one of his exes, you know, was literally a psychopath. Like it, it was it was a bad, like my boy, he went through some shit in his life. So me hearing this, I'm just like, oh my God, my poor baby. Let me let me give him this love. Let me give him this affection. Let me give him the world. Let me just show him this is the way you're supposed to be treated, boo. Yeah, no, nah, that didn't work. <laughs> you know, because every single time I'd be trying to tr- like show him, you know, what genuine love looks like, what, you know, what I'm standing on, what I'm wanting to do for him. He just kept turning it away and just denying and denying it, saying, you know, this is not real. Like he would just kind of like kind of hit me in the face with it like he just backhanded and I'm just like dude what the hell why can't you just accept it like this is yours and when I finally kind of confronted him I'm like is it I feel like you know from your past trauma you're having difficulty you know accepting this and it's kind of a slap in the face when I'm trying to show you these things and you're just kind of putting it back in my face like just kind of pushing it away like it doesn't mean anything and from there that's when he broke up with me and oh my god I was I that same night I was at I was working at the hospital and when I got off work I was in tears I was breaking the fuck down in my car I was calling my best friend like oh my god he broke up with me what the fuck I don't understand what I did I was literally in shambles like I was heartbroken I think that man did more damage to me than my fucking ex of six years I swear to god like that man really he took a toll over me and it was so crazy because our relationship was so short but oh my god there was so much emotion like it was just oh I can't even put I can't even put you know can't I can't even put a pin in it but you know after that you know he ended up messaging me this really long message just explaining himself like you know I'm not in a blessed place within myself I'm pretty damaged I don't want to burden you you know you're this amazing girl you're amazing you're so smart you're so intelligent you deserve better oh I hate I fucking hate that every time a guy tells me I deserve better can't you just be better like fuck <laughs> and you know me being me I was just like you know I'm always here for you if you ever need like we can be friends like just because we can't we, you're not ready for a relationship doesn't mean you have to completely ax me out of your life so we were friends and we were friends but we weren't friends because every time we were around each other somehow we always ended up just intertwined with each other like we were just it was intoxicating on both ends like I was that was probably the most intoxicating love like I mean I loved him I'm not gonna sit here in front and lie like I really did love him and I think he did love me too it was just really bad timing between the both of us he was a Pisces so I'm really like Pisces and Scorpio is probably the most highest compatibility on the chart and it's crazy because we're both water signs and like uh, I don't know what it is like we just it was so intoxicating every single time we seen each other we were just encapsulated we were just uh, it was just it was just us in the room that's how it was anytime I was with him and just couldn't keep our hands off each other as much as we were like we're friends no we were not friends but um we ended up one time when we went out to the bar with each other like he's smart though he brought his friend from work to be like with us and you know still like just couldn't keep his couldn't keep his hands off me or whatever and towards the end of that night when we were in my he walked me to my car we were just in the car you know this man is the reason why I listen to Morgan Wallen this man is the reason why I listen to country music okay shout out to you thank you for that you know (laughs) there's one good thing that came out of that relationship whatever that we had that was it (laughs) so you know yeah like you know we did that and you know we're sitting in my car he's he plays this song and I swear to god I can't listen to it anymore because every single time I listen to it I just think of that time that we were in my car and it's what I um when I got what I got by oh my god I don't know I forget the fucking name not me not Jason Aldean 
I think that's the name. Okay. I'm so, I'm so bad. I should not, I should know this man's name. Crazy. So we're listening to this song. And obviously if you know that song, you know what the fuck that means. Like, okay. So he just, out of nowhere, just kisses me. And then one thing leads to another and we end up on the beach and we end up having sex on the beach. <laughs> and then again, in the backseat of my car, you know, that's just, that was the first time we ever had sex with each other, which is insane. <laughs> And, you know, from there, like, we, he just said that, like, we can't do that again. And, you know, I was so devastated again because I'm like, oh, my God, like, the fuck. <laughs> I was like, why can't you just see, like, I'm the one for you, stupid. And this was going on for two years. Like, this literally was two years. So after that whole altercation, you know, again, we seen each other again because that happened in September and then and then October you know, we seen each other again around Halloween and, you know, I was in my little cop outfit. He seen me and we ended up, we're at this bar called McDinn's and we're in a corner. He ends up like, he sees me like standing on the stage and stuff. And he like, I see him and I'm like, I'm not going to say his name, but you know, huh? like, <laughs> and we're just dancing. And then one thing leads to another, we're making out in a corner. It was just, it was such an intoxicating ass situation between me and him. So flash forward, we and him stopped talking, but then I rekindle, like, I reach out to him maybe, like, uh, back, like in February, like, the beginning of February. We haven't talked since October after that whole altercation. So I reach out to him in February, you know, just checking on him. Like, he came across my mind. I'm like, hey, hope you're doing good. You know, he tells me that, you know, wow, that's crazy. Like, I was literally just thinking about you, too. You know, we kind of get into cahoots, talk, catch up, all that bullshit. And, you know, I'm like, I would love to, you know, see you. I would love to, you know, catch up in person. He was like, I would love to do that, but I have a girlfriend now. And I'm like, oh, fuck me right now. <laughs> that broke me. I ain't gonna hurt. I'm not gonna lie. That hurt my feelings. So uh, I was so delusional. Like, I was the definition of delusional when it came to this man. I was like that girl to me. And listen, I take full accountability. Like, what I did was so fucked up. I regret doing that and I should have never done Like I went against all girl code possible and I should have never done that. So I end up, I literally end up, you know, just looking at this girl like she's a third party. I'm like, you know what? He belongs with me. Like he's just using you as a placeholder. Like I'm the one that he wants to be with. I was so fucking, I was down. I was in the trenches of delusion. Okay. I had it down bad. I would fold like a fucking lawn chair for that man. He just had to say when. <laughs> so, you know. One thing that's to another, I'm in Puerto Rico. We're talking about, you know, the time we had sex on the beach. And in my head, like, mind you, before in the past, like, he still had a girlfriend. And like I said, I should have known better because if this man can do this to another girl, you know, what? why why wouldn't he do it to me? So he reached out to me sometimes at night at 10 p.m. Sometimes later, he'd be like, you know, what are you doing right now? And I would tell him nothing. And he was like, never mind. And like, I'm like, you wanted to see me, didn't you? He's like, yeah, like, I really do. But like, I know that's not going to be good if I see you again. Because every single time we're together, we're always like, he fucking knows. That motherfucker knows. Like, we can't be in the same room together alone. Like, he knows what's going to go down. And it ended up going down. <laughs> the The second time he reached out to me saying, where are you? Like, where are you? And I said, I'm home. And he was like, come to McDitton's. And, you know, <laughs> I was like, that was the place. So end up driving, girl, man, I was crazy. I hauled ass. I got, I freaking ran, got up, took my PJs off, freaking put some cute clothes on, got my makeup on, did my hair, and I was out the door in 10 fucking minutes. I kid you not. I was speeding like Speedy Gonzalez on that bitch down I-4. Got to the freaking bar and I see him and girl, <laughs> girl, <laughs> he looks me from head to toe like I was a fucking snack. Like he was ready to just take my ass and like, you know. So, you know, where it's, he's just admiring me, just staring at me and all this shit like he's in awe. And I knew it too. I felt that shit. So we're dancing. We're having a good time. We're taking shots or whatever. And we end up losing his friends. So lose his friends. And he ends up telling me that like, 
like during the time that we weren't talking, he was like, you know, I seen your TikTok because at one point I had over 200,000 followers on TikTok. So I would sometimes go on my live and I was kind of ranting about him one time. And he was like, I saw that TikTok that you posted that you, you know, that you were talking about me and stuff. He's like, I feel like I'm in such a shitty predicament right now. Like I'm with this girl and I don't want to be with her. I really feel like I'm supposed to be with you. All this shit, girl. Oh, I got love bombed all over the fuck again. Like that shit, that folded me, okay? <laughs> so we're talking and, you know, again we lost his friend so we're trying to find his friends and i'm like listen let's just go back to my car we'll call them see where they're at so we can just you know go to them instead of us going in circles so we're in my car listening to music whatever and uh one thing leads to another we start kissing again he's like i fucking missed you like i hate this all this shit we ended up in the back seat of my car and before things get <laughs> go down <laughs> he tells me that he loves me oh my god like that shit it was a wrap it was a wrap for me I was like this is my man this is the man I'm supposed to be with this is my this is my love all this shit I was so I was so crazy about this man it's actually it's oh it's so bad <laughs> so end up having you know we end up having sex in the backseat of my car in the parking lot of McDinn's <laughs> don't judge <laughs> y'all I know y'all have done some worse shit in your past so did that and oh my god it was just to say the least uh it wasn't a magical night <laughs> Because what ended up happening literally right after that was him telling me that, you know, the next day that he was blocked out and that he doesn't remember anything, all this shit. And, like, that's not even the worst part either. Like, he literally, like, after we were done, like, after we were done having sex or whatever, mind you, I wasn't on birth control. And he didn't wear a condom because obviously the fuck, we didn't plan that shit. So... We ended up going to, what's it called? It? Trying to think. We, oh, yeah. So we ended up, after we get, got changed and everything, we couldn't find his friends. So I ended up taking him back to the girl's house. Oh, my God. I'm so, I'm so shitty. <laughs> I literally dropped him off at the girl's apartment because apparently he was staying with her um, off base. And dropped him off, and he just, he literally was like, oh my god, I'm such a piece of shit person, I can't believe I just did that, we should have never done that, all this shit, and I was just like, trying to console him, and I was just trying to tell him, like, listen, obviously you're not happy with her, you, you know, you said for yourself you wanted to be with me, that you overall wanted me, and, you know, all this shit, <laughs> and went back upstairs and I drove off, and the next day, him telling me that he doesn't, like, he's told me that, you know, can we just not talk about this and all that and I was like okay I mean are you gonna end things with her and he was like I don't know yet like I was like I mean you should probably tell her man I really was the other woman I ain't gonna lie I was really that side piece like I'm taking full accountability I'm taking responsibility of that fucking name in the moment of time I really was a side piece because I was trying to have him leave her for me and that obviously didn't work out like in my in my fantasy what I thought was gonna happen like after we have this moment together He'll come to this realization, like, oh, my God, she's the one for me. I want to be with her, da 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 and, you know, we just be together. That didn't happen. He, you know, that story took such a turn. It really, it really fucking did. Like, it took such a turn. So, you know, him telling me not, like, I ended up getting a plan B, like, you know, literally that night after I went home and told him about it, like, hey, I took plan B, da 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 You know, he was fully aware of it that night. And so, like I said, the next day, him saying that, you know, I don't know if I'm going to leave her. You know, she's going through a lot of stuff right now. And I'm just like, okay. So 
then after, you know, he tells me, he's like, you know, I really just want to be friends. Oh, that broke my heart. That broke my heart. I was like, I want to be your friends, baby. I want to be your girl. I want to be your wife. <laughs> oh, my God. Like I said, I was really delusional. So uh, that broke me because I really thought like this was our chance that we would be together and all that stuff. Like, oh, that was my twin flame. But twin flames are toxic. Twin flames are not. They're not good, bro. They're not fucking good. As much as this man matched my energy, he matched my personality like oh we just were so I don't know it was just so intoxicating every time we were together or the conversations that we had like we just had but even before things became intoxicating like when we were first getting to know each other we just had so much shit in common like the way we viewed the world the way our upbringing was we just had so much in common I think that's what made me even more attached to him like made me want to learn about him more and so you know there was that realized okay, fine, I'll accept being friends, you know, I'd rather have a piece of you than none of you, <laughs> that's what I'm settling for, and, you know, after that, a couple, couple weeks go by, and I still haven't got my period, and I was getting scared, because I'm like, all right, fuck, so I end up taking a pregnancy test, comes up positive, so I'm like, oh, fuck, <laughs> and I end up telling him, and he's telling me, you know, what are you talking about, like, I like I I like I tried to explain to him like yo like this thing came out positive, so he goes and tells me he's like um well obviously we can't have a kid because I'm still in the situation with this girl, and obviously me for myself I'm like I couldn't have a kid either, so you know thinking to myself I'm like okay what do I do, <laughs> and things got negative in that conversation really fast because he goes on and tells me that I took advantage of him when he was drunk and that he was blacked out and that he doesn't remember anything and it's like it's crazy to me how you don't remember having like how do I rape you if you're the one that fucked me I'm confused how does that work (laughs) like you were on top of me bro like if you were really fucked up like there's like there's such thing as whiskey dick where obviously you can't get it up if you're that drunk so no way in hell he was you know, it was up there, <laughs> just saying, but yeah, like, anyways, so him trying to claim to me that I raped him, and that, wow, that, like, that shattered me, I was just like, what the fuck, like, really, like, I, how do you say that to a person, like, I took advantage of you and I raped you, like, you weren't a part of this, like, you didn't consent to this, you know, and like I said, men can take away their consent anytime, any any place, but, you know, how do you, it sounds like you're pretty consenting when you're on top of me, you know, doing your thing. So, but, um, yeah, so, uh, there was that. And at that point I was just, I was like, you know what? You're not going to see this kid. You're not going to see it. Fuck it. You know what? I'm not going to sit here and even allow you to be a part of it. So that's what I told him and haven't spoken to him since, um, later down the road, I ended up not having it, you know, so, that that took a toll too that really did like really did take a toll but it's life happens so just to just to top off like like what I said that whole situation was just a bitch it really was it made me realize how intoxicating love bombing can truly be when you're in the hands of someone that is not your actual love and just being so pent up of your delusion of you know everything
you know, something that that what he taught me within myself was that I truly need to start picking myself. I truly need to stop choosing the delusion and what I feel in my heart and just go with what I know. Like, if a man is telling you that he doesn't want you, that he, mm, like, he's just giving you the signs that it's just not for you, then you need to walk away. Just walk away. Choose yourself. I should have done that. I really should have. But, you know, no hate to him. I hope he's doing good, too. I hope life is treating him well where he's at. And, you know, that, that's the end of that situation. Now, of coming to my recent situation. Huh. Him. <laughs> this was probably the most... It's insane. It's healthy, but it's unhealthy at the same time. Because how we met, of course, you know, we met at Gatsby saw him and out of hundreds of people and just immediately knew like I wanted to talk to him I wanted I, there was something about him that intrigued me and I knew I had to have him I don't know what it was it was just it just came over me like I knew in my heart I'm like I have to have this man so I saw him once and I told my friend I'm like all right there's this guy you see him and she's like oh girl that's so your type <laughs> I have a type obviously and um so end up seeing him and I'm like all right I'm not gonna go up to him I want him to see me so I see him again after because after we like leave from getting like water we go back like kind of walking down more time towards channel side or bayshore and I see him again with a group and I'm like all right girl we gonna stop right here so you know like you know same not sitting pretty but standing pretty whatever and it's funny because his friend is the one that actually noticed me and he ended up telling me this story himself like you know after we were like talking we were dating he was like yo like my friend that I was you know photographing like I was working for at the time like I was doing his uh, photos and stuff that hired me as this photographer you know whatever so um he was like he saw you first and he was like yo you see that girl like I think she is she looking at you or looking at me <laughs> and obviously I was looking at I was looking at him like not not his friend but I was looking at him so that's why they ended up they ended up coming over with two like with drinks and like take a shot, take a picture, whatever. And then I just dissed his friend. I just started talking to him. And I was like, hey, like, my name's Alyssa, whatever. <laughs> and we clicked immediately, like off the bat, like we connected so fast and so quickly. And, you know, there's things like there were so many things that happened that night. It was just it was really good. Like, you know, we went dancing with like a little Spanish bar that was in Ivor. We just had so much fun. And then we ended up losing my car. So this man was literally helping me trying to figure out where the fuck my car was for like an hour. And God bless that man. Still to this day, like that, you know, that was that was such a like ideally that would have been a perfect like if we were to ever get married and we're telling you know our children how the hell we met I think that would be such a good ass story to fucking tell <laughs> like this is how we met I met your father I ended up losing my car and yeah <laughs> he helped me it was great I mentally shoot my shot and he felt that shit and he came over so you know <laughs> when you know you know so um I, like I smile when I think about our memories because it really was good and um so Afterwards, the next day, you know, he's very attentive. He's like, hey, like, uh, we can go back to see if we can find your car. I ended up finding out, like, because I Venmoed the guy and his number was attached to it. So I ended up calling him and telling him, like, hey, I literally lost my car. I don't know where, where I parked. Can you please tell me where what building it was next to? And he ended up telling me. So I ended up calling him. And he ended up picking me up and taking me to my car. And surprisingly, there was, like, a homeless guy that was watching over my car, which was cool. I was like, oh, my God, God bless you. Like, no one snatched my shit. <laughs> no one tried to steal it. 
and such a sweet guy. Oh my God. Such a sweet, sweet homeless man. Okay. God bless him too. So, you know, he invite like the, you know, he invites me out to lunch and I'm like, you know, my friend's kind of going through it right now. So I got to be there for her. So end up declining his offer. And then, you know, as time progresses, we kind of get to know each other more. We hang out. Um, I take him to a spot and we just, he just kind of pours out his entire story to me. Like he tells me, a lot and he confesses that he was still in contact with his ex and he's really just trying to get out of the situation and you know I've I've really in my heart felt like he truly in that moment he was like he just wanted a better life for himself like he moved from Texas to Florida you know where his mom his mom lives here in Tampa and you know just needed a fresh start just needed to get away from her needed to to get back to his roots and just figure himself out because you know he's 28 so he's like you know I've been through enough life I need to start getting my shit together so understood that and so from there you know I really was part of me was just like I just want to be with this man not to just fix him or you know save him but I just want to grow with him like I want to I really want to just show him other ways of life and you know hearing from his toxic past hearing from relationships that he's gone through like I really just again wanted I wanted to show him what genuine love looked like and like I said my heart doesn't give up (laughs) homegirl doesn't give up so I did everything I possibly could you know I told him you know quit your job at Nike get your get yourself back into you know being a mechanic like you're so good at it you're good with cars do what you're good at do what you know so he felt like he updated his resume the same day I told like same day we were talking about it he ended up getting a job at Honda so I'm like fuck yeah so proud of you and he was three years back on his taxes too so I put him on my tax girl and she ended up helping him get you know his money back and all that tax returns all returned back to him so that was great you know I was happy to help him out with that too and just overall getting getting him back to his old self again like you know he did suffer with depression he did suffer with you know silent bipolar and you know I I don't I don't mean to put his story out there like that I I would love for him to talk about it and I'm not going to go too much into detail but you know he just he struggled a lot in his life like he's been through a lot in his life and he also has the biggest heart I seen so much of me in him. I that's I think that's why we connected the way we did. And everything about us was not unhealthy like that wasn't healthy. We were so good for each other. And you know, of course I was close with his mom. I'm still close with his mom. His mom always checks in on me, make sure I'm doing good. We always, you know, keep in contact here and there. And, you know, of course, the love I had, the love I gave to him wasn't enough. He was still he was still attached to his ex, the one that he moved away from, moved a whole other state from. And, you know, like I said, I should have known better. I should have known that the second that he jumped out of one situation to the next, I should have just kept him as a friend. That would have been the right thing to do. But, you know, in my heart, I couldn't help myself. Like, I wanted him. I I had to have him. I, I don't know why. I, I just, when I seen him, I'm like, that's going to be my man. <laughs> I was determined. I was very determined. I was like, yeah, this is this is my man right here. So, like I said, everything about us was so good. Everything so so healthy so accepting we just truly accepted each other you know he he's the one that really motivated me to I mean I had ideas of doing a podcast but you know we really just came like on our first like not our first date but the day that he asked me to be his girlfriend like we were just generating ideas after ideas about a podcast and you know he was so excited to be a part of this you know I know I'm doing this alone like this this was my idea of course like I'm the one that presented it with him presented it to him but 
you know, I would have loved for him. Like we really did have like this idea of being like this power couple and like, you know, just talking about our story, talking about how we overcome things and just how we're doing it together and how we're being healthy together and just show a representation of what a true relationship, what a good relationship looks like. But, you know, we never got there because, you know, he fell, he fell short. He fell, he fell to his attachment. He fell back to his ex. He ended up ending things with me and, you know, ran, ran right back to her, confessing his love, all this stuff, you know, and like I said, the girl, like you guys know a little snippet of the, of the, of the story, but either way, the whole situation was just very, wasn't good. You know, when I found out that the real reason why he ended things was actually because he just went back to his ex and it wasn't, and it didn't have anything to do with him prioritizing his mental health. And that broke me. It did. It broke my heart. But at the same time, as much as I want to be upset with him, as much as I want to be angry at him, he's a broken man. He, he hasn't found, he hasn't found himself. He hasn't gotten to that point within himself to understand who he is as a man yet to choose himself, to not go back to his old toxic ways, to get out of his own way and get out of old habits. So that way he can truly find love and peace within himself. But you know, sometimes people got to learn the hard way. And as much as I wanted to be that person for him, the one, the one that will help him lead him out of that, you know, he has to be the one to choose that for himself, not me. So beautiful story that we had you know it's unfortunate it really is truly truly is unfortunate but I don't have any hate in my heart for him you know I did I do forgive him I do forgive what he's done and you know I think I'll always have love for him I think I'll always care for him but like I said no matter the situations like those big you know I I will always ask myself I'm like if I was in a room with all the men I've loved and I was drunk and stumbling like who would I fall whose arms would I fall into I always, I always ask myself that, like, who's the one I would fall into? Like, would it be my ex of six years? Would it be the guy that love bombed the shit out of me? Or would it be this man? <laughs> you know? So I always think about that. But, you know, it's my life. It's, you know, we're going to go through relationships. And, you know, those, I think those three men really did have a huge impact on me. But either way, they didn't affect me. They didn't make me feel as if, like, you know, I, I am less lovable or I'm less worthy of, you know, having a man to treat me the way he, I deserve to be treated because believe me, the man that I was recently with, he truly treated me like a queen. When we were together, that man did everything for me. Like he made sure I was mentally okay. He took care of my mental state. He cooked for me. He was always attentive towards me. He always put my feelings first. He was like, he was just an amazing human being. He is an amazing human being. He's just one that struggles within himself. He has the biggest heart, and I love that big heart of his, you know, and just everything about him. He definitely, definitely left his mark on me. I'm not going to lie. He really did. But, you know, just to wrap up this episode because it's going on an hour, I just want to say that through everything in my life, you know, obviously I'm going to go. I'm going to endure more life. I don't regret anything that I've been through. I don't regret the things I've put myself in. You know, I, I had to go through that. I had to. You know, the betrayal, the hurt, the pain. I had to go through all of that. Coming from a broken home, everything that made me who I am, I had to go through. And, of course, there's so much more of my life. But, you know, I'm just pointing out the key points of my life that really just stigmated my growth and, like, you know, how I healed from it. And really how I healed from it was just loving me, choosing to love me, putting boundaries. Like, I always I always preach about just putting those boundaries, make sure that they're firm, staying on them, and just, you know letting life take me, let, letting life flow the way it's meant to flow, you know, like, I get it, like, some people are like, oh, you can't, you can't just live your life going with the flow, yeah, you can, you can, you can have a plan, but you can also 
be fluid with everything that comes your way. Like let things just move the way that they're meant to move and just let the universe, let God keep it in his hands, keep it out of your control and not stress. And I've learned to not stress about the things that I can't control. I truly can't control people. I can't control what goes on in my life, but I can control how I respond and how I react to them. And how I react to things that happen in my life is with light and love. That's how I respond. My love language will always be love, will always be, you know, treating others with kindness, no matter what, no matter if you're a stranger to me. It doesn't matter. I choose to love people. I choose to care about people and I choose to help people. And that's why I want this podcast to always stand on a safe place, stand on spreading awareness, stand on everything that's positive and good to find your inner self and find your inner healing and healing that inner child of yours. Because, you know, part of my people pleasing, I think the reason why I am the way I am sometimes is because I wish I was that person that would have came into my life as a younger child and would have been there for me like that. But you know what? I didn't have that, but I will be that for myself and I will be that for others. And I will continue to be like that for others because everyone is deserving of that person. And if I can be that person in someone's life, if I can, you know, put that light in a, in a dark room for someone, then I will. I will be more than happy to do that. And like I said, to end, end that on that note, you know, I still love him. I still care about him. I still wish good things for him. And I will never hate him for the things that he's done. And I will never hate any of them. I forgave every single one of them. Everything that's happened to me, I forgave every single one of them. And the the blood is off my sleeves. What the hell? There was the song Secrets by One Republic. Till on my sleeves I'll stand red from the truth that I've said. Well, that's such a good song. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how it goes. And tell me what you want from here. Something that'll let Oh my god, such a good song. I'm about to listen to it again. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. You know, again, I'm super grateful for every single one of you. I love to see the growth of this, you know, podcast grow and just having more people be a part of it and spreading that awareness again. Thank you guys so much. And I hope you have an amazing day, a blessed day, a blessed week, and a blessed life. You guys deserve it. You guys deserve everything that's good in this life. Light and love always. And I will see you back here on the next episode.